0: Hey there, gorgeous listeners! Thank you so much for joining us today, tonight, or you know, this evening or this morning, wherever you are in the world. It's really lovely to have you on board. I'm Ashley, and I'm Andrea, and we are the Wellness Room. And this week, we're going to go a little bit personal and really, um, kind of dive into a topic we haven't touched on yet. But I think it's one that so many of you listening will have a connection to because there's a lot of our gorgeous listeners that uh, are mums. And I think, you know, or mums-to-be or, you know, new mums. And this is uh, an area which I wished I'd had more understanding or information or support with i know when my son was born because there was just so much emphasis on you know the perfect pregnancy well actually before that go back to preconception you know getting the body wow. right then the process of um you know having everything timed out so i knew when my windows of conception were and then falling pregnant and then having this you know incredible you know bliss field and focused pregnancy all about growing and, and creating this amazing baby but no one talked about what we're going to talk about today, which is adjusting to motherhood. What happens after you've had your birth and you've got this baby and you've got to become this new person? And for every mother who, you know, has had this feeling, I want you to know we, we get it. Um, and me personally, now I can share my story. Um, I think it's taken time for me to be able to put it into a, a frame so I could understand the mental emotional experience that I had um, and connect the dots with some of the biochemical stuff, you know, with which, Andrea, you're going to really dive into together. Um, But I'd really love to talk about this idea of how can we adjust to motherhood? Um, What are some of the blurry lines between what's known as the baby blues and postnatal depression? And then something that I'd love to kind of almost like I've coined the term, <laughs> which is, you know, just the, the, the Dr. Ash definition here. But something that I like to call postnatal adjustment disorder, which is like Oh, I baby- like that. You can totally term that lady. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is not baby blues, it's not postnatal depression, but it's something else which I feel like I experienced and only a- few people could totally understand me with it. And I'm like, I felt quite alone in this experience. And then the more I talked about it and the more I talked to people who kind of had kind of made sort of comments that sounded a bit like what I experienced and we had a chat, I was like, oh my gosh, this is more common than I realized. But for us, you know, go get a women, we definitely, you know, know that it's not postnatal depression, but we have a question like, well, why do I feel this way?
1: Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and interview a little bit on this uh, episode as well, Ash, because only only one half of the wellness women has uh, is a mother yeah. um, to, to at least humans. Anyway. I was going to
0: say you're <laughs> the fair, fair baby mama queen. You've got like you know like the ultimate stories when it comes to TRK, but That's <laughs> yeah, Completely
1: different. I definitely didn't experience any post birth um, you know adjustment period for him. <laughs> um, but uh, Ash, can I ask first? what was your expectation about what it was supposed to be like? Or did you did it even enter your realm of consciousness as to what that adjustment period would be like? Or was, were you just so focused on, you know, the pregnancy and all the preparation that you put into birth? Because you worked bloody hard to yeah. have the pregnancy and the birth that you did.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely was not accidental. You know, I know there's always a degree of um, just, why I say it's not even luck, just a degree of all things coming in line to get you—you know—you you're perfect perfect birth and pregnancy if you'd like to call that such a thing but then again i had no expectation of that process i was just kind of going with the flow i kind of mentally emotionally knew what i wanted to create so i was working towards that what i didn't know was anything other than just the mechanical elements of life with a baby as in nappy sure. change sleep routines like stuff like that just was very kind of mechanistic in my my mind so it was like yeah, yeah i can do that like i've done that before i've babysat i've nannied like i know it's yeah, twenty four. Sure around the clock, but you know how to change a nappy. So it wasn't exactly something I was too concerned like, about. Be, right? <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't that part of it. It was hard. That was the stuff that I thought I've got this. Well, actually I had that. Like it wasn't something that suddenly went, oh my God, what do I do? This is so, you know, so challenging. What I didn't know was the challenge that would happen and all the only way I can describe it, in you know, in a sense, was how from one day to the next, you have to become an entirely different person.
1: So, do you mean from um, pre-birth to the next day post-birth, or Correct. just from day to day?
0: Yeah, no, no, like literally from the day you don't have a baby in your arms to the day you do and everything that comes with that. And that was really interesting. And that's where I call it this postnatal adjustment period that I just couldn't figure out how to be mother because all I knew for 33 years prior to that was how to be Miss Independent Ashley that got stuff done and did her things her way and didn't know how to change everything that I am to become someone else that needed to be able to do both things. And I was just like, how do you become two people? (laughs) And it was really, it was really hard to reconcile. And I think, look, hormones definitely play a role in some of that because they go haywire. We know that to be true. But another part of it is not, I don't you know, someone said, oh, maybe your expectations were too high that you could still do everything. And it's like, well, hang on. We're women who've been taught we can have it all. We can do a lot. We're so capable. We achieve so much. You know, when you have this power of self-fulfilling, you know, life, you you believe you can do so many things. So the question was, how do you bring your child into that space and continue to do things that make you happy and drive your sense of happiness? Because suddenly you can't do them, so you've got to find a new purpose and a new sense of happiness, which. Isn't as easy as it sounds for all women, and I'm one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Ash,
1: I totally, you know, not that I can can empathise with you in terms of the being one person one day, and then ha- literally the next day having to be a completely different person with different sets of values and dreams and all of That's that sort it. of thing. Yeah, but I can completely appreciate, and I saw the change in you as well from being as you said like super independent completely you know you are your own island and just things as simple as that I totally took for granted um and from you know our many conversations just you know if I want to go to the shops all I have to do is get in the car and go to the shops mm. you know I, I don't have to speak to anyone about that I don't have to prepare anything to do that I don't have to go through any kind of negotiation or anything else to be able to just leave the house whenever I want to and something as simple as that all of sudden it's not simple anymore like how did you navigate that
0: and I think that's where well one is obviously support but two um it sounds funny but that was one of the things almost like I felt was robbed and you want to do everything you can not to feel resentful that you've got this child that's changed your life so much because there's so much love there and there's so much you know oxytocin floating around that makes you feel totally loved up with this gorgeous incredible little pink bundle in your arms but then you have this impatience to just be like, but I just want to go. I just want to do stuff, you know. And it's, and, and I know not all women have this experience, but the ones I'm talking to today are the ones that felt this way because there's a lot of you out there. I know that for sure. Um, and it's those ones trying to understand how do you deal with, the, you know, this, concept of being another person but you're also coupling that with things like the exhaustion the frustrations that come with the you know the new experiences um the tears that come from all the hormonal (laughs) changes that you're trying to reconcile for me for someone who is not a teary person dealing with like unexplained teary meltdowns in the first sort of (laughs) six to eight weeks totally rocked my boat like totally um almost unhinged me in my own self confidence because wow. I like I couldn't trust my responses to things things that I usually was pretty level and cool with I wasn't able to mentally emotionally deal with. And I'm just like, what the heck is going on in you? And yeah. then you start to get that question, of, oh, you know, it could be a bit of postnatal depression. Do you need to speak to someone? You know, we should see a doctor, you know, that oh sort of gosh. stuff. And you think Yeah. But uh, look, and what you're trying to say inside is I'm not feeling depressed. Like I'm not feeling like harming myself or anyone else. And, you know, it's – and, yeah, it's a bit down. So I guess you'd call that blues – but I don't know who to be this new person. <laughs> that's not yeah. depression. That's yeah. that's like almost like I need a life coach <laughs> to get like me back. An, almost like an identity crisis. Right? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think um, understanding that that's absolutely an experience that we can have and it totally rocks your self-esteem, particularly if you're someone who's always had a pretty good, you know, I would say near north star, you know, that sense of direction, that focus point, yeah. that, um, that guidance that you've always had that, you know, self, I guess it comes from inside your you self-drive. Because I've always been a self-driven person. I don't need a lot of external motivation. I don't need a lot of external forces to get me to do stuff. I just simply yeah. have that inside. Um, and yeah. suddenly having that that self-drive has to shift because you can't self-drive <laughs> when your baby's up every hour of the night like it just doesn't work like that and then you throw also in
1: so when your priorities have to shift so hugely as well like you mm. don't have the luxury and the freedom of being able to do some of the things that you just would have done so um you know innately previously and you don't have the time and energy to devote to you know all of your um, projects or whatever because mm for this time for however long that time is your existence is about this other person as well hmm. um
0: Yeah. And I I think this is, this is I mean, this is something, and of course, you know, being the person that wants to know answers, like, why do I feel like this? Because it doesn't feel like myself. I feel like I'm disconnected, disassociated. I'm a different person. But, you know, just having a little look, because obviously I want to know more. I start to look, is there any research on, you know, how long it takes for women to adjust to being mums? Like, what's out there? What are the questions that we ask about this? You know, what's normal? What's abnormal? Should I seek help? Do I, you know, do I have signs of postnatal depression that I'm in denial about? Should I be aware of these things. This is baby blues. Like that's how my mindset was running, you know, a million miles to try and figure out some solution. Because for me, without solutions, it can be incredibly, um, you know, just incredibly destabilizing. <laughs> that just a in the right there that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's very likely. But, you know, that's then true. I found a study talking about, and of course, it's, you know, just a branded study, not not uh, not our high standard quality studies, but, you know, a survey. Let's call it a survey because that's more, more probably appropriate to the quality of it. But it was, you know, a survey of new mums and, you know, ask them questions about their experiences and, you know, when they start to feel more confident in themselves and, you know, the capacity to navigate things without stress responses. And it was really interesting because this, on average, they found that it took around four months and 23 days to for new mums to kind of get into their routines and feel like they can function and get their confidence back. I'm like, four months and 23 days. That's surprisingly a long time because I think, you know, 16 weeks in, you feel like you should have a better grip on things. But if that's the average, then we figure that some mums, figure that out much quicker you know they might get into a couple yeah. months and there'll be mums which probably fit in my category that stretch that out further And I don't think I felt like I had my shit together until after six months which felt like yeah, forever yeah. <laughs> but Ash don't forget you went to back to work at
1: five months oh yes yeah, well that's so true. even even if you four and a fit half, that, <laughs> yeah even if you fit that average of four months and 23 days mm. you are only just starting to get it together and you went back
0: Back to work. Yeah, yeah. Throw in another dynamic there. So, yeah, yeah. look, absolutely. And so, you know, I guess ha- let's talk about some of the signs. How do you know whether it's baby blues or postnatal depression or what I like to term this postnatal adjustment phase? Um, how do you know? Like what could help new moms figure that stuff out? And when should you seek help? Because I think there's a lot of women flying under the radar, probably, you know, feeling like I was feeling possibly with more clinical signs of depression, which is so sure. important to act on. Um, yeah. But then there's a lot of women who know, like me, oh, I'm not there. But they don't know what to do, they don't know what action they could take to be able to just feel a little bit more in control and I wish someone had been able to give me some guidance in that area.
1: Okay, let's just understand why this idea of baby blues is so common though mm. um, so once you give birth there is a huge hormonal shift that happens massive so um, under the influence of the placenta you're producing lots and lots of progesterone and then once you actually deliver and particularly once you deliver the progest- uh, the placenta you're having a huge withdrawal of uh, and a sudden withdrawal of massive amounts of progesterone. And part of that drop in the progesterone is actually what triggers um, your milk production. So it's actually what triggers prolactin because there's an inverse relationship between progesterone and prolactin. Now remember, progesterone is also like nature's valium. So this is what keeps you cool, calm and collected. It binds with your GABA receptors in your brain. So this is why usually women are supposed to feel pretty blissed out towards the end of their pregnancy, um, mm. in terms like, you know, emotionally, even though they're probably getting uncomfortable and re- very, ready to birth that baby. Um, but that massive withdrawal of progesterone is then what gives them often the baby blues and 80% of women will experience that, that big change in emotions or what, you know, we term the baby blues and then once prolactin kicks in and that's what's causing you or helping your milk production, it's also stimulating your appetite and all sorts of things, but it's also changing your dopamine responses as well. So there's this constant ebb and flow of those hormones that can make you feel like you're going a little bit crazy. Um, A lot of women also do go through that depressive state. And I think that, Ash, it's probably a really good thing to differentiate between what is the baby blues or what is more, you know, maybe postnatal depression. And the baby blues is usually happens soon after birth within those first two weeks. It can be, you know, getting teary at the drop of a hat, being a little bit short, um, you know, and feeling a bit of a low mood. But then I think when you're ebbing into potential postnatal depression, this is when it's going on maybe seven months later and you're still getting really teary You're maybe still feeling like you want to be really withdrawn, um, all sorts of things like self-harm or to you or to the infant, those sorts of thoughts and things that are coming to mind. It's definitely things that are more associated with the postnatal depression side of things.
0: Mm, interesting um, well, and that's an important differentiation too isn't it and then i think then i throw in there this postnatal adjustment you know phase yeah. which is you know another element which i think is probably where it comes into more thought patterns and it's things like maybe looking at other women feeling as though they figured it all out and you're still not you know like that sort of comparison that envy that's oh, look, you know someone else's they look like they're doing it so easy and thanks to instagram and social media all these other women oh. look like they're you know back into their pre-baby bodies by four weeks in, like, you know, Miranda Kerr strutting around in a bikini. I think she was six weeks post-birth and looked like she'd done no baby birthing. Um, oh, so, my God. Maybe she had a target. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, you know, and just things like that. And then other women just make it look so easy. And in here you are struggling with one tiny little infant newborn and there's women with three and four kids looking like they're just cruising and you're just like, oh, my God, how can I just – I don't get this. Like, I'm clearly not adjusting to this mother thing because they're doing it Easy, and I'm not. Um, you know, and I think then this sense of not rising to the occasion. If you're someone who's always based goal setting basis and success markers, it's so hard day in day out to find a marker of success. And that sounds it's silly. I know we know that. Like you mentally go, this is so silly. Why am I even thinking this way? But you are, so it's hard to knock that you know, part of you away, you have to still acknowledge it and say, well, you know, it's because I've always been someone who's run and all of a sudden I can't set a goal here because what the hell is my goal going to be with a baby today? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, sometimes exactly. there are small wins you can go for and that's where I started to realise, you know, that's what the adjustment issue I was having was. I didn't have small wins because I didn't know how to find them or achieve them. Yeah. Um, I certainly had expectations and things that I thought I should be able to do and because I wasn't I was failing okay and that made it challenging. And that was just, again, that, you know, not adjusting well, not figuring out how to make that happen. Um, and then I was lacking challenges, you know, like I just didn't have some of the normal challenges that I thrive upon. Some of those were academic, you know, like why, why the heck do we nerd out like this every week? Because I love that challenge, that <laughs> academic challenge. But when you're sleep deprived, hormonally <laughs> messed up, and you're up and down all hours of the night, the last thing your brain actually can do for you is, is rise to the academic challenge. So I was missing out on being myself. Um, yeah. and then you feel like Daisy the Dairy Cow because you just around the clock got your boobs out. And there's just that kind of like, you just don't know how to adjust to this thing you've got to be. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, that, that's that extra element of motherhood that, um, a lot of women don't talk about, you know, they don't talk about those hardships. Um, they, and, you know, I think you do. You look at your parents and think, oh, they must have done it easier than this or they they did better at it than I do um, because you don't remember that blur of their life and they hardly remember because I think there's this incredible way of the brain protecting itself from trauma <laughs> and just and, and blocking it out. And blocks <laughs> it out. Like we survived good, close that door. Um, so, you
1: can, know, I, the- Ash, can I ask a question? Do you think that a lot of this has to do with the fact that you are effectively doing this on your own? you know and i'm sure we've talked about this on the podcast before but you know you and Pete don't have any family over here whatsoever yeah. and um it, you know i i totally consider myself your family so i'm yes. injecting yeah. myself into that <laughs> but you know like that old adage that it takes a village to raise a child and i see some of my other friends who have kids who have both sets of parents around them helping out and just they're still doing it tough and they've got you know, four grandparents, like, you know, they've got so many sets of parents right there at their beck and call. Mm. So I can't even imagine how difficult it must be when you, one, don't have that, you know, familial support network right there, but also even just someone to come over and let you have a sleep or let you have a shower or, you know, like do you think that that sort of thing has uh, contributed to that as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think you've identified something super important, but easier said than done when it comes to fixing that element, because there are so many women just like me who are removed from their immediate family contacts or they don't have family to lean on. Yeah. You know, they may not yeah. have family or they may not have family that are supportive or people they want involved with their children. So um, that's definitely part of it and, of course, you know, uh, not having a tight network because this is not where I've been raised and, you know, I've moved around the globe a little. So, you know, suddenly you're into a bit of a different um, space because you're at now one of the most critical points in your life and you don't have your kind of like you, you, your tight knit circle around you. Absolutely yeah. makes a difference. But the challenge then, my question is to that is if that's so many women in the globe right now, so many of, you know, us Western educated women who are, are moving around the globe, pursuing our careers, pursuing education, learning experiences, travel, adventure, like all of this stuff. I don't feel like I'm the only woman out there because I know around me, um, that you too. I mean, there's a vast majority of women who are removed from their foundation and origin. Yeah, yeah. Um so then you know that's definitely a part of it and creating community and network and circle is a massive part of it but there's still a vulnerability to being a first-time mum. Yes, you know, yes. and I think that that vulnerability is where you know you're trying to adjust to becoming a different person and it's great when you've got better support around you. I'm sure that could probably sup- probably s- Maybe make it a little easier. I don't think "easy" is ever a word, but maybe <laughs> maybe feel a little more supported. Um, but yeah. at the same time, I did feel supported. I didn't feel alone. I didn't feel so that wasn't the part that was missing. Okay, because I would have just asked for help. I'm not like I'm. I'm a person who would have just called you <laughs> at any time of the day and go, yeah. "I really oh, need help." I should, so I wouldn't you're have f- a tough cookie though. <laughs>
1: like I don't know, you would have asked for as much help as what you think though. But anyway.
0: Yeah. Then again, that's a, that adjustment thing, thinking, you know, yeah. you're supposed to be somewhere where you're not there yet and you'll get there. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, what, I guess what can we recommend to women who are feeling the way I felt, um, who've experiencing or are experiencing or concerned they might experience those feelings because of just maybe like you've said, certain social isolations or certain, you know, the way they currently run their life, whether or not they can't do that anymore and what that means to them. I know women who had to sell their businesses, you know, at the end of their pregnancy, because they had no follow on plan. There was no one else could take over doing what they were doing. So they had no choice. They had to close the business or um, lose the business. So, you know, they chose to close on their own terms. Um, And that's a massive thing too. That's something that is your baby. You know, businesses are babies for a lot of women. We, we grow them, we nourish them. We, nurture them, put a heart and soul into them. And all of a sudden you have to stop that in order to be able to go and have a family. That's a massive adjustment. That's a massive, you know, commitment and change. And it's so easy to see why some women fall into, you know, feelings of resentment towards that change because you work so hard for something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm.
1: Um, All right. So, Ash, what advice would you give to women um who are in a similar boat to that or are maybe terrified of having children because of that reason
0: i think let's just say the fear factor let's deal with the you know the fear factor first there is no there's no time in life it's going to be better or easier you know, we all think we're going to wait for the perfect circumstances, you know, when we've got the house of supporters, when we've got the right amount of money in the bank, when we've got, you know, like we've, we've set things up or we haven't set things up, whatever it is. But I don't think there's any right time. And it's cliche, but it's very true because you can't prepare for all factors. So you, you kind of just yeah. need to be and be accepting of a time in your life when you're ready. Um, yeah. And I think when it comes to, you know, what you can do to probably feel less stuck in one place is really to just know that it's going to be a very temporary stage and i wish someone probably could have taken me by the hand and said hey ash this only happens once you only get to have this moment with your baby once you only get them to be this small and to be at this point in need of you once. And once they've gone past that, you don't get that back. So, you know, work on your sense of presence, but no one did that maybe because I probably sent out signals that I was totally okay. Um, You know, that's the sort of thing, but if they had, I think I probably would have focused in and adjusted a bit better, a bit faster because I would have forced myself to go, wow, that's pretty pretty real. Like that's a that's a real thing that I'm yeah. going to miss this if I'm not there. So I really feel like, you know, it oh, sounds terrible, but I think I'll be a better mom second time around because I wasn't present in the first sort of four to six months. I really just was wishing the time away, wishing it was a bit bigger, wishing, it, you know, he didn't need me as much, wishing I could get on with my life, you know, like a lot of stuff there. And sure, that's my stuff, But that's also part of this concept that we're talking about today is can we counsel, advise, guide women better that would help them, you know, be present, be mindful and have these, you know, blissful um, neonate to infant stages, not just the blissful pregnancy and birth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. But you absolutely cannot beat yourself up about that either. No, No. About the the four to six months of, um, you know, you did – and you still are doing such a phenomenal job. Um, and I think that that was probably more your internal dialogue than anything external as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and isn't that the most problem for most women, though? It's the internal dialogue. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, and it, it is something. And so I think, you know, ladies, if I could give one bit of advice, is for those who are a bit like me, who, you know, seek, seek, um goals and seek you know outcomes uh, and seek wins it is absolutely still possible to create small wins. You know, you can do things because all the best stuff happens outside our comfort zones. And we're so, co- we're so used to comfort zones being extreme stretches. So let's just say, you know, the comfort zone might be leaving your safe space and moving overseas with just a backpack. And that's like this massive stretch of comfort zone. But suddenly you have a baby, you're in your own home. It's a safe space. It doesn't, there's no challenge or stretch. But the comfort zone may just be thinking, oh, I can't go out, I'm not ready, my baby's too small, and actually just getting out and going for a walk or yeah. taking that first trip to the shops and yeah. you survive. And guess what? It's actually a win. You actually feel a buzz like, oh, my God, I did it. Like, you're <laughs> and not wow. worried if you're covered in boob milk and vomit and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and yet... You know, your internal dialogue says, I'm not ready yet. And so that's that, that comfort zone. Um, but the very thing you need to feel better about yourself is to stretch that to do something different or better. Um, and so I think, you know, you can find those small things to, to go out or to do something or the surrender and saying, baby's sleeping. I'm allowed to have a nap too. Yes. Yes, that's so important, isn't it? And that's a win as well to say, wow, today I didn't feel like I had to be everything. I just lay down and had a nap with my baby. That's an incredible, you know, surrender and acceptance. And that's a win. Yeah, there's always going to be more washing to do. There's always going to be, you know, housework to do and those sorts of things. It does not have to happen if you were sleep deprived no exactly so you know i just love um i was having a chat to someone and she said you know just think about it like the seasons you know they all change no two seasons are ever the same and you never get you know the same season again every year summer's a bit different to the one before it and you know every year winter's a bit different to the one before and will be different to the one after and you never get that same season again and she was like just you know um, accept where you are in those seasons and enjoy them for exactly what they are right now. And that was kind of like but that the word I say I wish I'd heard that when I was am <laughs> probably three months into the journey. But that sort of hit me around sort of six, seven months and I was like, seasons, if only, that's an amazing way of looking at it. Isn't that beautiful? So you know looking at um at your family life at this time in your life as a once over and it's a season you'll never get back again so just go through it because summer's always on the other side or you know just search something to to ride through yeah oh ash i think that that is beautiful um and i think that's probably a good
1: good place for us to end off tonight as well Mm. just having that understanding and that everything has that ebb and flow and there's the time and the place for everything and um you know no doubt you were going to be back to achieving and killing, which you're already doing, but... Oh, dead straight um, girl, we already are. <laughs> yeah, and I, it, it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, ladies, have you experienced anything like this and we would love to hear from you um
0: ash what is the term you've coined i need to hear it one more time <laughs> postnatal adjustment phase or postnatal adjustment disorder it sort of sounds pretty severe but i just think it's this postnatal, post-natal adjustment adjustment yeah postnatal adjustment period postnatal adjustment disorder okay but
1: we're coining that term We've yes. heard yes. <laughs> <laughs> i love it um, we would love to hear what your experiences are and what were the biggest things that made the biggest impact for you in those early days of having a newborn? Um, so, what little wins did you have that you can share with our community as well? We'd love to hear from you. So, communicate with us on Facebook. So, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women. We are at The Wellness Women Official on Instagram. Um, you can absolutely email us on our website. So, uh, www.thewellnesswomenofficial.com today you i think yep that's absolutely it and remember you can consult with us as well ladies if you need um definitely get a hold of us that way but until next week be well
0: this has been a production of the wellness check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives